Qala, Allah will say, Kam labistum? How much did you remain? Fil ardi, in the earth. Adada sinin. Adada, number, sinin, years. Meaning, how many number of years did you live on the earth? On the day of judgment, Allah will ask people. How long did you stay on earth? Qalu, they will say, and this is referring to people who are being punished because this is what the previous ayat are about. They will say, لَبِثْنَا We remained يَوْمًا a day or بَعْضًا يَوْمًا Just a part of a day. They'll be unsure, doubtful of their estimation. And then they will just give up. They will say, we don't know. فَاسْأَلِ الْعَادِّينَ Ask who? الْعَادِّينَ عَادِّينَ Those who count, those who do adad, those who number. Meaning, those whose job it is to keep count of numbers of years. We don't know. Ask them. Who are they referring to? Angels or record keepers, experts. Ask them. What do these two verses show? That once a person enters into the world of the hereafter, then the life of this world will seem so short. So short. But right now, we get so you know, lost in this life that we think this is everything. We neglect the akhirah. We neglect what we're doing, what we're depositing in our records for the sake of now. You live only once. That's what they say, right? So because you live only once, then just do it. Just follow your heart. Do whatever you feel like doing. But this is not right. Because on the day of judgment, the life of this world will seem so short. And especially when a person is suffering from punishment in hell, what will happen? He will lose the sense of time due to the intensity of punishment. All that they enjoyed in life will seem so meaningless, it will be forgotten. You know, like in hadith we learned that a person will be just dipped in hellfire and he'll be asked, did you ever experience any goodness? No. And this is the person who lived a life of luxury. But just being dipped in hellfire will make him forget every luxury he enjoyed in dunya. Every pleasure he had in dunya. A person will be dipped in jannah and asked, did you ever suffer any hardship? No, never. And this is a person who lived a life of hardship in the world. But the pleasures of jannah will make him forget the difficulties of this life. This is how serious hell is, and this is how serious the matter of the akhirah is. قَالُوا لَبِثْنَا يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمٍ فَاسْأَلِ الْعَادِّينَ قَالَ Allah will say, إِن not لَبِثْتُمْ You remained إِلَّا except قَلِيلًا A little. You only remained a little. You only remained a few years. And really if you think about it, the life of this world, no matter how long it is, even if it's a hundred years, what is that compared to the duration of the Day of Judgment. 50,000 years versus 100 years. 100 years means what? Hardly anything. No matter how long of a life a person lives on this world, compared to the Akhirah, compared to the time spent in the grave, compared to the length of the Day of Judgment, compared to the eternity in hell or in Jannah, what is the life of this world? It is qalil. It is little. لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ If only you, كُنْتُمْ you were تَعْلَمُونَ You knew. If only you knew this, you understood this in the dunya. Because right now we think, oh, I have, you know, my whole future ahead of me. Isn't it? When we're young, what are we thinking about? Our future. What future? In this life. Our retirement. 
And how long is that retirement going to be? Five years? Maybe ten years? You know, for instance, you go to school, you go to college, you go to university, you get a degree, and you pursue your career, you establish you know, a career. And how many years do you spend preparing for that? Years and years. Right? So for example, ten years of training, and then after that a person practices. How long will they practice? How long? On average, 20 years maybe? 30 years? Maximum 40? How long can they practice? Not very long. Just the other day I was listening to a story about this particular couple. You know, both of them, they worked really hard and then eventually they retired. And right before their retirement, they had their house renovated and you know, every day the couple was seen sitting outside drinking their coffee and, you know, basically living their life, enjoying their retirement years. And within six months, within six months, the wife was diagnosed with cancer and she died. Within six months. This is the reality of this life. It's short. It is qaleel. It's not eternal. So if for our worldly future, for our 30s and our 40s and our 50s, we are studying in our 20s and in our teenage years. We're studying, we're working hard so that we can live a good life. What about the real life that is to come in the afterlife? What about that life? What are we preparing for that? What are we doing for that? إِلَّا بِسْتُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If only you knew. So we really need to ask ourselves that... How much effort are we putting in for this life? And how much effort are we putting in for the real, eternal afterlife? In Surah Al-Rum, Ayah 55, we learn, وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ يُقْسِمُ الْمُجْرِمُونَ مَا لَبِثُوا غَيْرَ سَاعَةُ The day the hour will appear, the criminals will swear they had remained but an hour. They will swear that the life of this world was just how much? One hour. And not more than that. It will seem so short. But for this short life, how much effort we put in? And for the eternal life, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, think about it. If we want to be healthy, right? How much time do we spend on finding out healthy eating options? Right? Going to the gym. Or if not going to the gym, going to our swimming lessons or whatever, or if not that, working out at home, whatever we're doing. We spend so much time on this, so much energy, so much money. We invest in it. Five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, you go to any gym, who will you find over there? People who are working out. Isn't it? You go downtown, right? Evening after five o'clock, every gym you will find it full and busy. Every single gym. Why? Because these few years that we have to live in this life, we want to make sure we are fit and healthy. And we will spend at least four to five hours every week just working out. Don't we need to work out for Akhirah? So that we can live a good life there? This dunya, this life is mazra'ah of Akhirah. This life has been given to us so that we plant our seeds for the hereafter. Invest now, not for our old age and retirement. Invest now for Jannah, for eternity. I'm not saying don't go to university. I'm not saying don't get a career and don't save up for your old age. 
Those things are important. But you know what is even more important? Akhirah. So in pursuit of happiness now, in pursuit of success now, don't neglect the real life. Don't neglect what is eternal for what is temporary. إِلَّا بِثْتُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ Allah asks us, Did you think then, أَنَّمَا That indeed, خَلَقْنَاكُمْ We created you, عَبَثًا In vain, uselessly? You think, how dare you think, did you think that we created you for no reason, for no purpose? وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ And did you then think that you are not going to return to us? How dare you think like that about Allah? This word عَبَث عَبَث from the root letters عَيْن بَاثَا It means to do something that is meaningful but for play. To do something meaningful for fun. For fun. Like for example, a person goes to a fancy art store buy some really fancy you know paper all right brings it home and got some really expensive paints and paint brushes and then he scribbles everywhere and then he just tosses that paper away art materials can they be expensive super expensive right so if you saw someone doing something like that buying the most expensive paper and the most expensive art materials and just throwing all of that in garbage after just scribbling a little bit Oh yeah, I just wanted to try it out. Just wanted to see how it feels. What would you call such a person? That they're being foolish. Right? Likewise, if a person prepares food and they just throw it away, they spend hours preparing it and they just toss it in the garbage. If a person works and works and works all week, all month, then they get their paycheck and they just rip it up. Or they get their money and they toss it away. What would you call such a person? They're doing something that apparently seems meaningful, but for what? Just for amusement? For no useful reason? For no beneficial reason? This is not right. This is not justified. It is not correct. So, you think that Allah would create you, Abath, for no good reason? Just for fun? Just for play? What did you think about this life? That you lived, you loved, you feared, you felt, you died for no reason? That all of this was aimless? How could you think that about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You think you have no purpose in this life? No law and order? No rules to live by? You think you are free? You think you will not be asked? وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ You think this is just a pastime? This is just for enjoyment? You were wrong. You were wrong. This is not right. أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا Why did you think that Allah created you in vain, without any reason? Allah created you for a purpose. And you will most definitely return to Allah. In Surah Sad, Ayah 27, Allah says, وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا بَاطِلًا We have not created the sky and the earth and whatever that is between them aimlessly. No way. There is a purpose behind this. And likewise, our lives, 
They're not useless. Allah did not make them for no reason. He made us, equipped us with our senses, the ability to see, to hear, to learn, to grow. He gave us opportunities, families, knowledge, education, money. So much that He gave us for what? Just so that we enter the workforce and then we make money and then we spend that money to please people that we don't like and then one day we die and that's it? There's got to be more to life than just this. There is more to life than just this. Because it doesn't make sense that a person lives his life and at the end he turns to nothing. No way. Allah didn't create us to pursue this life. And the way this life is, the way this world is, it proves it to us that this life is not everything. It's not everything. Recently I went to this furniture store. It was Easter, right? And I looked at how everything was you know, set up with the Easter theme. Everything. So much detail. To even the dishes and the, the kind of uh, chairs and what was on the chairs and the artwork and even the cutlery. Everything. And I was like, this is for people who think this life is Jannah. This life is everything. That they have so much time and so much money to spend on something that is so short. That is just for a few days. That it doesn't make sense. You make so much, you earn so much, you put together so much, and at the end you just toss it up in the garbage. It doesn't make sense. That your hard-earned money, you buy these things with it, that you can only set up in your house for a few days, and then you throw everything in the garbage and replace that with some other theme. What are we doing in our lives? But as Muslims, unfortunately, we've stopped using our minds. We just see what other people are doing and we copy them. This is how they dress up, I will also dress up like this. This is how they celebrate their weekend, I'm going to celebrate my weekend like this. This is how they spend their money, I'm going to do the same thing. This is what they drive, I will drive that too. This is what they study, I will also study that too. We just imitate, imitate, imitate without using our minds. Who are we following? What are we doing? How dare we think that this life is only for now? It's not just for now. Allah didn't make us and equip us with everything so that we just have a few years of enjoyment here. Few years of enjoyment that are joined with stress, with hardship, with pain, with dissatisfaction. It doesn't make sense. This is not everything. There's more to our existence than just this life. أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا No. وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ no, you will return to Allah. In Surah Al-Qiyamah, Ayah 36, Allah says, أَيَحْسَبُ الْإِنسَانُ أَنْ يُتْرَكَ سُدَى Does man think that he will be left neglected? That someone is not going to question him? Someone is not going to ask him? Remember, Allah says in the Qur'an, that ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ Allah will question us about the blessings that He has given to us to enjoy. What are we enjoying? Our money, our time, our children, our families, spouses, whatever we are enjoying, the food we eat, Allah will ask us, what did you do? Did you remember me or did you forget me? فَتَعَالَ اللَّهُ الْمَلِكُ الْحَقِّ Exalted is Allah. High above is Allah. 
Above what? Above this imperfection. Which imperfection? Of creating this creation without a purpose. Of creating humankind without any purpose. Allah is above that. Allah didn't make us and send us here to serve this dunya. To pursue it, to run after it, to chase it, and to live and die here. To live and die for this world. This is not why Allah created us. You know, if human beings, human beings, if they cease to exist, every single human being died. Within 50 years, every other form of life would flourish. You know that? Every other form of life would flourish within 50 years. And if just the insects, just the ants and the bees, if they went extinct, then within 50 years, not a single human being could remain alive. Not a single human being could remain alive. This is our reality. Allah made us, and He gave us what we have, to test us, to try us. Not that we live in this life, and we get lost in the flowers and the fruits, and the people and the clothes, and the fashion and the jewelry, and we get lost in that, and we forget Allah Azza wa Jal. We are so weak, we are so replaceable, that if we die, every other form of life would flourish on this planet. Allah doesn't need us at all, not even one bit. We need to value this time. We need to value our lives. And we need to make something with our life for the home of the hereafter. Think about it. How much effort do we put for the home of this life? For worldly houses. When you hear someone, yeah, we're buying a house. And then 30 years later, they come and tell you, our house is paid off. What a big achievement it is. What a big achievement it is, right? In worldly standards. And when someone buys a house and they fill it up with stuff, and they're constantly trying to fill it up more and more and replace the things with better things. It's a constant struggle. But how much effort goes into making and maintaining a house in this life? What about the house of the hereafter? Doesn't that require some effort from us? Doesn't it require effort from us? The houses of this world, do they need time for maintenance? Tell me about it. A lot of time. Do they need money? Oh yeah. A lot of money. What about the home of the hereafter? Our real home. What are we doing for that? فَتَعَالَ اللَّهُ الْمَلِكُ الْحَقِّ Allah is exalted. High above is He from creating something in vain. He is Al-Malik, the true owner, the true sovereign. We think we are Malik. We think if we have $5,000 or $10,000 or if we have some gold and some gems and some jewels and some gadgets and some cars, we're some big shot people. No. Who is the real Malik? Allah. Because we will die and we will leave these things behind. The things we have now, they're not going to stay with us forever. He is Al-Malik, Al-Haq, the true Malik, the real Malik. La ilaha illahu. There is no God worthy of worship but Him. Rabbul Arshil Kareem, the Lord of the throne which is Kareem. Allah's throne, what is it? 
Kareem, noble. Why? Why is Allah's throne noble? Because whose throne is it? Whose throne is it? It's the throne of who? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who is Allah? Dhul Jalali wal Ikram. Dhul Jalali wal Ikram. What does it mean? The one who is mighty and noble. Great and noble. The highest. The highest. So his throne is the most noble throne. Because it is Allah's throne. And from there, His mercy, His barakah descends. وَمَن يَدْعُو And whoever calls upon مَعَ اللَّهِ With Allah إِلَهًا آخَر Another God. Whoever calls upon a God other than Allah. لَا no burhana Any evidence, any proof. لَهُ For Him, بِهِ For it. Meaning he has no proof for it. On the day of judgment, he cannot defend his crime, his sin. Because there is no proof for shirk. There is no justification for shirk. Burhan is basically used for a decisive manifest proof that is firm and strong. A proof that implies truth. Meaning when that proof is presented, then what is being defended, it's proven to be true. But for shirk, for associating partners with Allah, there is absolutely no evidence, no justification. فَإِنَّمَا حِسَابُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ Then indeed his hisab, his account, is with who? With his Lord. Meaning his Lord will call him to account. إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْكَافِرُونَ Indeed the disbelievers will not succeed. They can never ever attain success. وَقُلْ And say, the Prophet ﷺ is commanded to say, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, Ighfir, forgive, Warham, and have mercy, Wa Anta Khairul Rahimin. And you are the best of the merciful, of those who show mercy. O oh my Lord, forgive us for our mistakes. Warham, have mercy, grant us success. Wa Anta Khairul Rahimin, you are the best of those who show mercy. And without Allah's mercy, there is no success. There is no achieving any anything good, neither in this life nor in the next life. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. <laughs>
So what's the main message of all of these verses? Who made us? Who owns us? Who sent us here? Who gave us what we have? Who are we going back to? Who will question us? Then how can we live this life forgetting Him? How can we live this life ignoring Him? How can we spend even a day ignoring what Allah has commanded? We don't have the right to do that. Because the consequences of forgetting Allah, neglecting His commandments, they're very serious. Allah didn't create us in vain. He didn't send us here for no reason. He made us, He owns us, He told us what to do, what not to do, and we better take this life seriously because this life is short. And there are enough chances in this life that teach us lessons that we need to learn. Once a person dies, there is no coming back. What we do now, that is what matters. So make your decisions wisely. We are His servants and let us never forget that. Because sometimes we begin to think that we are servants of the creation. For married women sometimes, their husband becomes their master. For others, certain other individuals, their friends or whoever who become their masters. So whatever they say, we do, we follow, we show servitude to them. Whereas in reality, we are Allah's servants. So let us not forget that we are His servants. First and foremost and always, we are His servants. And other people, they may be important, but who are they? They may be our leaders, but they are not our masters. We are not their servants. We are only Allah's servants. So don't make your career your master. Don't make your money, your house, your master. Because whatever luxury a person enjoys here, no matter how much fun he has here today, on the Day of Judgment, what will it feel like? Just a day or a part of a day. So don't forget what is eternal. Don't neglect the eternal for what is temporary. This life is temporary. What we have here is temporary. Akhirah is eternal. Anything you'd like to say? What did you learn? Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. A while back we had this convert panel on campus and I specifically remember what one of the converts said and she stated that, you know, the Quran is a divine scripture and to reject it is a grave injustice. And just if you think about it, it's something that's right in front of us. We have, you know, the benefit and the blessing of learning it weekend after weekend, but it's really useless if we don't actually implement it in our lives. And just this morning, my mom was sharing something in the car with us. And it was something my elder sister had said. And if you just look at the human body, it's the way Allah has structured us in chronological order, it's for our benefit. So going back to, you know, thinking about what it is we're doing and why we're doing it, starting from the brain, which is right at the top. It's that you should think everything, use your intellect before you say or do anything, then followed by the mouth. So before you actually say something, think about what it is you're going to say or not say. 
and then followed by the heart, which is right below it. It's not just about following your desires. Again, going back to the top, before you say something, think about it. Before you follow your heart and your desires and your lust, think about what it is you're saying. And lastly, your feet. Don't just follow anyone blindly. And this is something we've been learning you know, again and again. And it's something that's been repeated in the Qur'an many, many times. You know, the people of the past, the nations, they failed because they were not using their intellect and they would just, as a consequence, follow their leaders and their forefathers blindly. So, again, going back to, I guess, the gist of everything is to really use your intellect and use the Qur'an as a guide because that's what it's for. I was just thinking that the surah started with Qad aflah al-mu'minun, right? And it ends with la yuflih al-kafirun, right? That the disbelievers will not be successful, but the believers will be successful. And then at the end, Allah ends with like a dua that you can make that, oh Allah, make sure that I'm not one of those kafirun that aren't successful, but rather from those mu'minun who are successful. Yes. Jazakillah khayra. alaykum. I was just reflecting on how I live my life and you know you mentioned how on a daily basis we have to see if what are we prioritizing in our lives and I think it happens with all the people probably who are here today that our weekends are very special for us because that's the highlight that's why we're learning Quran but what do we do during the weekdays some of us go to school some of us work and I realize that if I'm spending Many times we end up working more and more, 40 hours, 50 hours, trying to make more money or trying to, you know, make our supervisors happy. We're spending so much time for the dunya. And I was talking to my friend the other day saying, oh, you know what, I really want my weekends because that brings the khushu back in my salah. But I cannot really depend on that Saturday or Sunday. It has to be a daily thing. If I'm giving my work 50 hours of my life every week, and those 50 hours are not for Allah, then what are those for? They're garbage. And we know it, and we forget it. It's such a huge realization. So Jazakallah khayrin kathira for reminding us again and again. Jazakallah See, everything that we're doing every day, you know, like I was saying, you don't need 25 years to prove that you're on the right path. Even one day is sufficient. Even a little bit is good. So even if 50 hours a week are going for worldly work, making money, even during that, can we not remember Allah? Can we not remember His commandments? Can we not remember the teachings of Rasulullah wasallam? The etiquette of dealing with other people, engaging with other people. Can we not implement that? If we are still remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while doing what we're doing, even that is good. But the point is that we should not forget Allah while we are living this life. We should not forget the akhirah while living this life, while pursuing this dunya. Keep the end in mind. Okay, go ahead. Recently a young person passed away and a friend of mine who was very close to this family told me that this a gentleman was diagnosed with cancer of the blood when he was in high school. He must have been in his early 40s when he passed away. And my husband just happened to be at Isna that day and he attended Zohar Salah. And he was wondering, why is the masjid so packed today? They said that even people were filling the Badu area of the masjid. And there were so many non-Muslims. Somebody was describing the funeral. They said, I wish I have a funeral like that, where people were fighting with each other to carry the coffin. I've never seen so many non-Muslims attend a Muslim funeral. And, you know, it set me thinking, 
in his young life what what did he do that endeared him to so many people muslims and non muslims alike a friend of mine told me we just came back from saudi arabia and my husband needed a job and we hadn't connected with him in years and when my husband spoke to him he was like uncle i'll come and help you to find a job you know i ever since he died i've been reflecting on his funeral and his death and his life i'm wondering and whoever i talked to who knew him they're speaking so highly i never knew this individual all i saw was billboards when i went to oakville once saying vote for this person and that name kind of stuck in my head because it was kind of you know a different kind of muslim name but i heard so much and i kept thinking you know what was it that made him so special that he filled his life with so many things that people are remembering him in such a nice way may allah make all our end to be the most beautiful day of our life amen one thing i heard about this individual was that he was always very good to his mother that his mother just had to say something and he was ready to you know do whatever his mother wanted you know generally what happens is that a person when he has money or he's successful then they look down on their parents right but what i've heard about this individual is that they were very close to their mother and they loved their mother and showed you know that love and respect to their mother always three times they had cancer three times short life but achieved something may allah make akhira even better but again the message is that we don't need to live a really super long life to show that we are good people even a short life is good one day is enough if we want to do something i would just like to add uh, the person that everybody has been talking about they were our family friends and um, that person's father is friend of my father so when i got married 30 years ago and came to canada i mean they used to come to our home and he was i think in high school or something so we didn't used to meet all the time but always had the connection and the resilience that the parents did mashallah very good upbringing for their children and it was a lot of hard work to be living in canada and i mean we do criticize but um, i'm being born in uh, pakistan and did my schooling there part of it but there are beautiful canadian values here too and what i've learned is in canada what the human being is and the respect of human being is here and he had great muslim qualities and great canadian qualities in him and uh, the father was very involved uh, and i think it's okay to share here he had a very good job with ford and he was in union so he has taught his children to be active in the political and all that life and that's the reason he became a counselor and he was going to be an mp and and that's the reason um, they had uh, all the politicians were there and they were all praising his values and um, the, the day he passed away and it was all over the media and i just like apart from it i was talking about ikhlaq that how important ikhlaq is and i mean we were family friend but i wouldn't say like we were like super close or meeting all the time but i can never forget the ikhlaq of his father because the day like you have a 43 year old son or 46 he passed away and he passed away i think in 24 hours kind of a thing like he had cancer before but when he passed away it just kind of just happened, happened quickly. it wasn't uh, like a, a cancer episode 
So the day he passed away and we found out, we went to their home and that was before burial. And that happened in the morning, but I, me and my husband, we went in that evening time. So of course the house was like so full of people. And um, so I sat where his wife and his daughters and other people, ladies were sitting. And then um, they were trying to comfort the mother at that time. It was the end of the day and they took her to the bedroom. And somebody said, oh, they have taken, like, uncle, they have taken him to the bedroom to say, you guys need to rest. Then after, so other people were sitting, reading, uh, doing this kind of stuff. And then talking about a clock, one of the daughters, she came and she whispered in my ear and she said, Baji, you, dad is calling you. So she took me into their bedroom. And uh, so I sat with him and he said, you know, Beta, they are telling me to rest, but how can I rest when people are coming for his afsos? So he just called me and started talking about my grandfather. Like the ikhlaq, I was just amazed at his father's ikhlaq, that even at a moment like that, he is thinking about, and he told me at that time, he said, my son told me that when I die, a lot of people will come who will be from different faiths and be sure that to be good to all of them. In our own problems, let's not forget other people, right? And again, the message is one day, one hour, one moment is enough to do good. You don't need a super long life. You don't need a lot of time. Do good now because perhaps this may be my chance, my only chance, my last chance. Why neglect? Why delay? Why wait till later? Who knows if later will even come? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to value our time, value our lives, the resources that He has given us, and really use them in the best way to make our real life in the Akhirah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.